0: Today, we are going to be talking about our first fruits offering. So, just a little disclaimer, if you are a first-time guest, we hardly ever talk about money here. This is the truth. Uh, Sometimes I'll talk about tithing throughout the year. Um, It's never a full sermon. It's usually, when I talk about tithing, it's about putting God first, because when we tithe, we're putting God first in our finances. Um, We take this offering... um, at the beginning of every year, this is something the Lord has led us to do since we started our kingdom, and it's the only offering we take. We, I, honest, like I said, we don't, I don't, we don't even talk a lot about giving. The Lord has just blessed us to where we don't have to talk about it, but the Lord is leading us uh, to get, take this offering, and so we're gonna be, uh, just, just going to be just going through that. I know that um, this can be a sensitive topic for many, but I want you to ask the Lord to open up your heart. Uh, when it comes to this and see what he wants to speak to you. Is that okay? We're going to look at the what the Word of God says, and uh, we're going to do our best to obey him. Father, I just thank you for today. I thank you for each person who is here. Holy Spirit, you see just our history with this in church. I pray that you would just give us wisdom to understand, to look past our biases, to look past our preconceived ideas, maybe our personal history. Would you give us faith to look past it to see what your word says. We need to know what you say, not what I say, not what they think, not what I think, what you are saying out of your word. We love you in Jesus' name, amen. First point, giving is more important than we realize. It's a lot more important than we realize. Now, as I mentioned a second ago, if there's any apprehension when it comes to this topic, it's probably because... Uh, we have had a bad experience when it comes to giving or money in church. How many of y'all would say, yeah, that's probably me? It's okay, you can admit it. Nobody? Wow. This is going to be easy then. The truth is, um, if you've been in church long enough, there's a good chance you've been hurt because of how some ministries, leaders have not used finances well or used it. You know, we see... Televangelists asking for money. We see, uh, you know, certain prosperity preachers saying, "If you give, then this will happen." And maybe you gave, or maybe maybe you gave, and then nothing happened, or you felt taken advantage of. I just I just feel before we start, uh, the need to apologize on behalf of church as as a pastor, church leadership. That some of the situations, some of those people did not have the right intention, and I'm sorry. Um, should not have happened. So just for whatever that's worth, um, we need to do better. I have a huge heart for good church leadership because I've seen bad church leadership just hurt so many people. And so I am sorry. And we are doing our best to do better. I want to ask you a question, though. When we give, ultimately, who are we giving to? Are we giving to God or to the church? Okay, well, here's another question. Ultimately, who takes care of you when you give? God, right? Now, it is the church's job to take care of people. We're the body of Christ. We're supposed to t- take care of people's needs, which we do. Um, a couple months ago, we gave the community, not even our church, we gave the community $20,000 through United Way. So we, we don't just take money in here and hold on to it. We give it to a lot of people. We gave away $200,000 last year. We give to a lot of people because we believe we're supposed to be the body of Christ. But even if the church breaks down, even if the church hurts you, let's say you have a pure heart and you're giving and the church still doesn't take care of you, who ultimately takes care of you? God. God takes care of us at the end of the day. This is important about, uh, to understand about giving. Whenever we give, we always give to God. Always give to God. When you serve, you're not just serving your brother or your sister or your neighbor, you're serving God. When you forgive, you're not just forgiving, you're not just doing it for their sake, you're doing it for God's sake. There's a passage in Matthew 25 at the end of the chapter, if you have time to read it. It's actually, I reread it recently, and it's a terrifying passage. Because it, it says, when the Son of Man, that is Jesus, comes back, we, were, we sang about it a few minutes ago. When he comes back, he's going to sit on his throne, and it says all the angels are going to be before him, and all the people of the earth, everyone who has ever lived. And this is what he's going to do. He's going to sit on his throne, and he's, he's going to say, okay, you, I want you to go to the right. You go to the right. Uh, you go to the left. You go to the left. You go to the right. And he's going to separate everybody. Those that are on the right are going to spend eternity with him, and those on the left are going to spend an eternity without him. And he's going to say to say to both groups, he's going to say to the right, he said, blessed are you because when I was hungry, you fed me. When I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. When I was homeless, you gave me shelter. Whenever I was in need, you met my needs. And they're going to say, Jesus, when did we do this? I don't remember you coming into my home. I don't remember seeing you and feeding you and giving you something to drink. He said, when you did it to the least of these, you did it to me. Everything we do, you can, whatever we do, including giving financially, we give first to the Lord. Here's another scenario. Let's say somebody, you you know you're supposed to forgive. You forgave, and then they hurt you again, then you forgave again, then you get to the 10th time, and you're like, this is it. I forgave you way more times than everyone around me was telling me to forgive you, but I'm I'm not going to do it anymore. Do you then have permission to not forgive them anymore? Is it for their sake or for God's sake? Because God's asking you to. Because the truth is, there's nothing in any of us that is worth forgiving. We forgive because Jesus first forgave us. Everything we do, we do unto the Lord, and that includes giving. It's the same logic. And here's the thing. Giving benefits you as much as it does anyone else. You may think, okay, money's leaving my pocket and going to this church or going to this organization. The truth is, giving benefits you more than anyone else. And I can tell you, giving has changed my life. Truly, it has changed my life. Um, I uh the, I uh not grew up, I was in my mid to early to mid-20s. I heard about this, a couple of preachers, Pastor Robert Morris and Pastor Jimmy Evans. And they talked about how they gave and how they sacrificed and gave cars away, gave homes away. And that stirred something in me to be able to give. And I realized, and then even as time went on, people gave to me extravagantly. There's there's tithing, giving, and then there's extravagant giving. And I saw people give to me extravagantly. You know what that made me want to do? It made me want to give more. So much so, and I'm not saying this to boast at all. I'm just saying it as a testimony for what God has done in my heart. The Lord led me to give my house away last year. Could have sold my house for $150,000, maybe a little bit more. The Lord told me to give it to somebody. And let me tell you, the Lord put more joy in my heart than you put in that, that lady's heart that got the house. Giving has changed, completely changed my life. And it didn't happen really until I started receiving these big offerings. And then I started giving these offerings. One thing I've learned about giving so far is that we give now so that we can give more later. This is a, I need you to listen. We give now so we can give more later. You'll see these televangelists say, well, if you sow this seed, then you'll receive this. Well, the, yes, if you do so, you will receive. But the point of receiving more is to give more away. The Lord taught me this principle uh, a couple years ago, and I I just call it an open hand principle. All of us have been given talents. All of us have been given resources. And he says, Josh, if you'll keep your hand open... And let me put things in there and not close your hand, but keep it open so that I can take them back out. Guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to put more things in your hand. And then if you keep it open, I'll take that out and put bigger things. And then you, before you know it, you're in this cycle of being blessed. But listen, you're not blessed so you can just eat it all, so that you can take it all. You are blessed so that you can give away. In that way, we become a partner with the Holy Spirit, What a lot of these these prosperity preachers are teaching is right, but it's not for you. It's to give away. And yes, the Lord will bless you and you can partake some of that. I'm not saying to give it all away. I'm saying, but as the Lord leads you, let him take it out of your hand so that he can bless somebody else with it. This is an encouraging message because this is for you. However, we need to learn to live by his principles and not our own. Real quickly, I want to briefly explain the difference between tithes and offerings, tithing and offering. And I think we have the definition on the screen. To tithe is to give back to God the first 10% of our wages. Give back; we return to Him. We'll get to that in a second. An offering is to give an offering, uh, is to give God any monetary gift over and above our tithe. Tithing is 10% of our wages, not 5%, not 8%, not 15%, even though the Lord has called some people to give, uh, give more of a tithe. Tithing is 10% of our wages. Whenever you give the tithe, then you are able to give an offering. If you don't tithe, it's, yeah, it's an offering, but it's not seen as an offering before the Lord because you have to tithe first. Does that make sense? Okay. Okay. Tithing comes from the principle that everything belongs to God. Everything. How many of y'all know everything belongs to God? Your house, your finances, your income, your kids. Everybody belongs, everything belongs to God. When we tithe, we return back to God the first 10%. It's the first 10, because the first 10 has the ability to redeem the rest, which we'll talk about in a second. We give it back to God. Because everything we have belongs to him. That's why the word says we return it. We take it back. We're not giving it because it wasn't ours to begin with. Look at this passage, Malachi 3, verse 6. It says this, For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore, O children of Jacob, you are not consumed. From the days of your fathers, you have turned back aside from my statutes, my rules, and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord. But you say, God, how are we going to return? Like, how have we not kept your statutes? How have we not, uh, how have we turned away from you? Verse eight, will man rob God? Yet you are robbing me, but you say, how have we robbed you? Will, um, he says, but you say, in your tithes and contributions, in your tithes and offerings. This is how you're robbing me. You are cursed with the curse for you're robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the full tithe, the full tithe, 10%, into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. It says into, Let's stop right there, into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. House, what is he talking about there? Whose house? His house, right? But what was his house back then? It was the temple, the tabernacle, or you could say it was his church. Would you agree with that? Bring the food into my house. That's why when you tithe, it always goes to the church. You want to give an offering to someone else or to to the church, whatever, that's okay. The tithe always goes, listen, where you're fed, that there may be bread in my house. How many of y'all get fed here? Oh, now you're wondering, you're questioning if you get fed here. Just kidding. Totally kidding. Um, If you get fed here, that's good because there's bread in the house. I have a question. How many of y'all would go? to a restaurant, get a nice dinner, and not pay? No one in here would. Maybe a few would, or have. (laughs) But you don't do that very many times without getting caught. Listen to what I'm saying. You don't do that very many times without getting caught. Do you know this is what most people do at church every week? actually read some statistics on this. Do you know that only 5% of church goers actually tithe? Five. Now, I will say about us, you guys are amazing givers. I've been amazed every year that we've been to church just how much you guys give. And I can say we're, we're above that. Um, but the reality is, is that most people that get fed the word, most people that receive during worship, don't give. And this is what God is saying. He said, bring the tithe into the storehouse that there may be bread. Listen, if you guys didn't tithe or give, I couldn't, I couldn't do what I do full-time. Pastor Kristen couldn't, Caitlin couldn't, Mark and John couldn't. There's bread in the house so that you can be fed. It says, bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be bread. And thereby put me to the test. Tithing is a test, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. Listen, when we tithe, the word says there will be no more need. One of the reasons we don't tithe or don't give is because we don't know if we'll have enough to meet our needs. This is a biblical principle. If we will do what God is asking us to do, the word says you're not going to have any needs. Now, I forgot to say this last last service, we have to still be stewards of what God has given us. We can't just go spend money and then say, oh, I'm tithing and my needs are going to be met. No, we need to be wise. But if we're doing that, the word says we will not have any more need. Verse 11, I will rebuke the devourer, that's Satan, for you, so that it will not destroy the fruits of your soil and your vine in the field, shall not fail to bear says the Lord of hosts. Then all the nations will call you blessed for you will be a land of delight, says God. What does tithing do? Tithing rebukes the devourer and stops him from stealing our resources. You ever said, man, I make enough money. I know I didn't make enough money, but I just can't ever seem to have enough to meet my, to meet my needs. Or just when you get ahead on you know, you feel like you just get ahead and all of a sudden something breaks. Your car breaks down. You get a flat tire or something happens. If you are not tithing, there is an open door for the enemy into your resources and he will devour. He may not take big chunks, but it'll take enough for you to notice and pay attention. I've seen this time and time again. And actually, tithing is a test. It's a test. Am I going to give God the first 10% of my finances, actually give it all, give him the first 10% and trust that he can do more with 90% being blessed than 100% in my own hands? That's the test. And really tithing is about the heart. It's, it's answering this question, who's really in control of my finances? This is a hard issue and I get it. Tithing doesn't make sense it does not make sense financially, especially, and, and for many of us, it does not make sense. But listen, it will not make sense until you start doing it. Once you start doing it, you'll see, you'll see just exactly what the Lord wants to do, how the Lord wants to take care of you. Tithing's all throughout the Bible. I'm just going to read a few verses. Uh, Genesis 4, verse 3. This is the story of Cain and Abel. This is Adam and Eve's first two sons. It says this, Genesis 4, 3, in the course of time, meaning not right away, in the course of time, over time, came brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. He brought him an offering. Hey, how how many of you think the Lord would be thankful for an offering from you? Yeah, but it says he brought it in the course of time, not right away. Verse 4, and Abel, his brother, also brought of the firstborn the first one of his flock and other fat portions and the lord had regard favored abel and his offering but for cain in his offering he had no regard meaning he didn't accept it so cain was very angry and his face fell how come god didn't accept cain's uh, offering because he didn't give it right away he didn't give it first you would, again, you would think, God, I'm doing this for you, but God is asking, am I first? Are you doing it first? This is what the tithe is. I'm giving God this first, knowing that the rest will be blessed. Abraham, also tithe, Genesis 14 verse 20. He's praying, he's praying a prayer to God, and he says, "And blessed be God, most high, who has delivered your enemies into your hand." He's thanking God for the battle he just won. And Abram, Abraham, gave a, him a tenth of everything. He gave him a tithe to God. Um, and Jacob also Genesis 28 verse 22 gives a tithe numbers 18, 21 to the Levites, those who work in the tabernacle, basically those who work at church, I've given every tithe in Israel for an inheritance in return for the service that they do their service in the tents of meeting. That's what I do. That's what these other people I mentioned do. We are not working in the, we're not working, um, in the, uh, the marketplace or in the world we're working in the tents we're working in the tabernacle working in the church so that you guys could be ministered to he said the levites uh, were to take the tenth proverbs 3 verse 10 honor the lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine he says honor the lord if we could put verse 9 real quick i don't know if it's on there well, it's not on there honor the Lord with your wealth. He says, honor it first and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. And then even in the New Testament, this is the last verse, Jesus says, just in case you're wondering if tithing was in the New Testament, but woe to you Pharisees, for you tithe mint and rue and herb and neglect justice and the love of God. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others. He said, don't just tithe, Also, love God. Also, work justly without neglecting the tithe. Listen, tithing is for you. Truly, tithing is for you. I was going to say this at the end. We don't need, at Kingdom, we have been so blessed. I could not preach the sermon and we'd still be okay. Tithing is for you. Pastor Robert Morris um, has said, there are two testimonies about tithing that I've seen the last 30 years, and this was said years ago, so it's probably longer now. There are two testimonies about tithing. The first one is this. Since we started tithing, we have never been so blessed. Since I started tithing and bring it in, I've never been so blessed. The second testimony is, I can't afford to tithe. I can't afford to tithe. Listen, you will not be able to afford to tithe until you start tithing i don't know how to, how to explain it i've heard too many testimonies actually I was talking uh with with a friend recently and he said that he hadn't been tithing for a few months he has a business and he hadn't been tithing and they were kind of kind of not struggling but just kind of trying to figure out some financial situations the Lord reminded him hey you haven't been you haven't been tithing and I'm sure he thought but God you know this business that I have and have these these, these bills and these things that came up. He said, but he went ahead and tithe anyways. He said, very shortly after that, the Lord brought him more business and filled up his business to capacity. I didn't, I didn't get to talk numbers with him, but I, I, I probably guarantee you that the tithe he gave was far less than the business he got, far less. Last year, I gave this testimony, but I was talking to somebody about tithing, and they said, man, we make, I have, three businesses, and we make enough, a lot of money. He said, but for whatever reason, it just felt like there was never enough, but once I started tithing, it's just like not only was every need taken care of, but I saw God produce even more in our businesses. Again, tithing will not make sense until you start doing it. Okay, first fruits offering. This is the type of offering. We talked about tithes, now we're talking about offerings. The, the offering we're going to be taking next week is um and i'm going to say this before i forget it the lord may put something on your heart to give you may not be able to give it next week this is uh, this is actually the, what the lord has given me a number that's bigger than any number he's ever ever given me i'm going to have to budget and pay this over time so we're going to take this off we're going to take this offer but don't feel like i have to give it all next week In the Old Testament, there are five types of offerings and sacrifices, if you could put that on the screen. In the Old Testament, there are five types. We don't have time to go through each of them, but I just wanted to list them. There's a burn offering, Leviticus 1. This is voluntary. Grain offering, Leviticus 2, also voluntary. Peace offering, Leviticus 3, also voluntary. The sin offering, Leviticus 4 through 5, is required. Why is it required? Because all of us sin. Everyone needed to bring an offering to atone for their sins. And then trespass offering, which we all do. We all sin against people leviticus 6 is also required the first fruits offering is a type of grain offering which means this is not mandatory it's not like the tithe you don't have to give this offering but you can if you want i'm going to explain it in the old testament basically what happened is god told them hey I'm taking you out of Egypt. You're in the wilderness right now, but you're about to go into the promised land. When you get to the promised land, I want you to give this first fruits offering. Verse 9 of Leviticus 23. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the people of Israel and say to them, When you come into the land that I give you and reap its harvest, you shall bring the sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest to the priest the reason they were to bring it in was to thank God for bringing them into their promised land. How many of you want God to give you your promised land? How many want to walk in freedom, walk in healing, whatever? Again, we don't we don't we're not going to go into the promised land just for us, but so that we can be a blessing to others. It's always about others. Love God and love people. Those are the two greatest commandments. It's not about us. It's not about us. He said they would bring they were to bring the first fruits offering to thank the lord for what he did in the previous year thank him for bringing them into the promised land and also listen to thank them ahead of time for how he was going to bless them in the coming year it says they were to bring the first part of it actually they could not eat any of the grain until they brought the first part we actually do this when we pray we, pr- we do this we say god Here's my prayer request, but thank you. I'm going to thank you ahead of time for how you're going to answer this prayer request. How many of you have prayed that way before? All of us have. We say, God, thank you. I know you're going to do it. I don't know when you're going to do it, but I know you're going to do it. This is the first fruits offering. They they gave it in anticipation of the great harvest that would come. In the same way, we also are, if you want... We give this offering saying, God, thank you for everything you have provided me. But before I spend money on anything this year, I'm going to commit to you this offering because I know you're going to bless me this year. This is a voluntary offering. It's not mandatory. I want you to hear me. This is a voluntary. But my testimony about giving, which I mentioned a little bit already, you know, I grew up tithing. My parents, from a young age, would go to Sunday school, and they said, here, here's a dollar. Go give it in the, in the tithing box. So I've, I can honestly say I've always tithed. I'm not saying that boastfully. It's just it was so ingrained and instilled in me. It's like there's no other option. But I did not start giving offerings until we started Kingdom Church four years ago. And each year, the Lord has asked me to give more. And it was hard. It was really hard to to, okay, God, I give you the tithe. I give this, but okay, but how am I going to pay for this? I can tell you that through tithing, I've seen God rebuke the devourer. I hear again. I'm not. I, I, I don't have some of these issues that I feel like people have. That oh, I, this this sudden bill came up, or this came up. That just doesn't happen to me. Occasionally some stuff will come up, but I really believe it's because of the tithe. I completely believe because the Lord is rebuking the devourer. but I did not see God bless me the way that I've been blessed since I started giving these offerings. And He has blessed me so much that I want to be part of that, which is why I gave that away last year, and I believe we'll give more. we're going to continue to give more this year. This is an opportunity for the Lord to bless you so that you can continue to bless other people. And more than the monetary benefit or whatever, the joy you get. There's nothing like giving away. You think receiving a gift is is awesome. Imagine giving that type of gift away. The reason why there's joy is because when we give, we're we're like the Father. He gave Jesus. He gave Jesus. And actually... The father, when he gave Jesus, he gave a tithe. How? Because Jesus is the first born among many brothers. He gave the first so that the rest of us could be blessed and have a relationship with him. Even the father gave gave a tithe. Now you might ask, how much do I give? Ask the Lord. Just ask the Lord. Lord, what if you want to take part, if the Lord is leading you to do this, Lord, what do you want me to give? But keep in mind... And this is my experience, and, and I know many others. The Lord is going to place a number that is, that is going to stretch you. He's gonna stre- this year, he's given me a number that I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to have money for anything else, honestly. But something the Lord showed me, if I put, if I lead you to do something, I will surely make a way for you to do it. And I've seen that. I've seen people just give me money out of nowhere. Because I settled in my heart that I was going to obey. This is the type of life. See, in the kingdom of God, it's not that you, you have to make so much money for you to be blessed. In the kingdom, salvation was free. You don't have to work for salvation. It's the same way when, when it comes to our finances. He wants us to walk in this place where we are giving, receiving, giving more away, receiving more, and giving more away. I, I, that's how kingdom has operated. And I believe this is how we're going to continue to operate in the future. What is the Lord asking you to do? And again, you don't have to give it all next week. Maybe the Lord puts a put something on your heart and you have to give it over a few months or more. And that's okay too. I would only say only do what the Lord is asking you to do. Just be sincere. If you want to partake in this, just say, "God, I want to surrender. I want to surrender my finances." And again, finances are the hardest, I think the hardest thing to surrender because if you don't have money, if you don't have finances, then there might not be groceries. The bills might not be paid. I I understand how hard this is. But I and several others have tapped into this, into God's principle where when you trust him with your finances, you'll be blessed beyond what you can imagine. Amen. Let's all stand. If you could just bow your heads for just a second. Thank you, God. I'm telling you, this is not for Kingdom Church, truly, truly, before the Lord. This is for you. Yes, when you give, we'll be able to maybe hire more people, be able to do more things, reach more people. But truly, this is for you. This is for you. The enemy would love to continue to whisper in your ear, no, they just want your money. Listen, when I get to heaven, I'm going to have to give an account for every dollar that came in. And I do not want to be found guilty. So that's just my heart. We're going to steward every dollar that comes in here very well. But even if I don't, listen, even if I don't, the Lord's still going to take care of you. He'll still bless you.